Cheryl Chumley, Washington Times, is with us. Cheryl, welcome. Good to have you on the program again. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, James, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Cheryl, you wrote an opinion piece that immediately grabbed my attention, and I said I have to have you discuss this with the audience here. The headline, the title, WEF Pushes Global Treaty for Vaccine Passports, Never-Ending Shots. What is this about? This is about the World Economic Forums and World Health Organization's uh, push that we're going to see more of in February because they're meeting again to discuss this. Push for a global treaty to speed up the vaccine development process. In America, for instance, it takes up to 10 years to get a shot from creation to market because of all the testing processes it has to go through. And under COVID, we saw that sped up massively, right? And now we're seeing the fallout from the safety of some of these shots. But the World Health Organization wants to make permanent this speedy development process in America, around the world. And they also, at the same time, want to uh, develop this treaty that will also uh, make vaccine certificates, which is to say vaccine passports, a permanent fixture in countries as well. Now, this sped up process, some would argue that we are seeing the results, some of the results of this sped up process in things like a new symptom that is occurring around the world called suddenly died among especially young people (laughs) in the prime of their health who just suddenly died. And no explanation why. They were just playing football, playing soccer, swimming, or doing whatever, and they just suddenly died. And um, I'm not laughing at it, but it's just amazing to me that this is a phenomenon that is real, and yet not one single government of, in the Western world anyway, seems to be willing to investigate the causes of suddenly died. And then also you have healthcare professionals telling us that there were incidents of heart um, infractions, myocardiosis, I think I'm pronouncing it right, um, and other aspects that did not occur prior to these widespread vaccinations. I am not saying that there are causation. I'm saying it deserves to be looked at. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it absolutely deserves to be looked at. And look, uh, your apt labeling suddenly died syndrome. We actually had warnings when the shots were first rolled out. If you remember seeing videos of people standing at podiums and getting the shots, and then suddenly they would faint or fall to the ground. And so to me, that seems a little bit of a a red flag. Maybe we might not want to push these shots until there's a little more time to investigate them. But you're right. It's, It's absolutely astonishing with the data that we're getting now and with the opening of sites like Twitter. So scientists who have critical questions about the shots, the efficacy and the safety and so forth are allowed to bring forth their uh, countering viewpoints. It's astonishing to me in America that we have an administration that continues to push 
these shots, these boosters into children as young as six months old. It's like this maniac parrot narrative that just it doesn't stop. The death rate from COVID for children in the age group you talk about was zero point something something. I don't have it in front of me. Zero point something something. Yet with a death rate of zero point something something, the government is pushing for kids to be inoculated with these vaccines. What could possibly be the reasoning behind that? Well, money, right? Money. And, uh, you know, I've been writing about this for a very long time since uh, Donald Trump was president. And he was actually the one who rolled out the shots. And I love Donald Trump and I hope he wins uh, another four years. But at the same time, he was the one that oversaw the rollout of these shots. And he did not mandate them. He did not go so far as to mandate. And that's where the danger comes from. When you take individuals and you tell them that they have to get an experimental shot and be pretend, uh, be treated like lab rats or guinea pigs, and then even deny that that's what's occurring, even though in America, like I said, the CDC itself puts out on its own website that it takes up to 10 years to get shots fully tested for safety. That is just it, it's it's astonishing to me that the authoritarians in charge have been allowed to push this for so long. And the reason is, if you start tracking the money, if you start tracking who's involved, it comes down to money, power and influence. Once authoritarians have a taste of power, they do not want to let it go. And you only need to look around now and see the many people wearing face masks out on public streets by themselves or in cars by themselves to see that the fear is still very real for many in this country. You write the big pharma, uh, you write that big pharma found a friend in government and fear. They managed to push its largely untested COVID shots and boosters on a world population, all the while claiming that shots and boosters were both effective and safe, all the while gaslighting how the claims of efficacy went for upwards of 95% to downwards of 40% as time went by all the while ignoring and dismissing and denying the adverse health impacts that were piling up and pouring in post-shot, post-booster. Now, I know Ron Johnson, um, Senator Johnson, and Senator Paul, and others in the House are trying to actually get to the bottom of what we are facing with this, with hearings. What do you expect from the Congress, Cheryl? Well, I do expect on on the House side, for instance, uh, Senator Ron Johnson has been fantastic. Senator Rand Paul has been fantastic, especially about pushing back on the liar, liar, uh, pants on fire, Anthony Fauci. Uh, but in, in the House now, we have some Republican leadership in some important committees. The Energy and Commerce Committee is now headed by a Republican, uh, a woman who promised a year ago that if Republicans took back the House and she was chair of this committee, that she would start investigating the safety of the shots, the links between big pharma and politicians and, and governments of the world, the, the uh, actual truthful data when it comes time to analyzing the, the safety and health impacts from these shots. 
And so I, I expect that some information is going to come forward. But here's the danger, James. It, Congress works like molasses, right? And when the media is still on the side of the push the vaccines all the time, 24 hours a day to, to children at birth all the way up through uh, elderly people, it's very difficult to wind back the fear that's still present with this whole coronavirus matter. That's why I think it's going to depend on a strong media to yeah. uh, to actually start. You know, I read an article. <laughs> I read an article. I don't know whether you've had time to read it because it was in yesterday's L.A. Times. And believe it or not, this article was supposed to be about, I meant to get to it today, about uh, what's happening in Orange County with the school superintendent there setting the stage for a conservative agenda. And quickly this thing devolves from, school board policy into this. They fired, um, so they narrowly won. The conservatives narrowly won uh, the school board race in Orange Unified School Board, okay? They fired a principal. They fired a superintendent. The board's new conservative majority has not stated a reason for the move, which was opposed by many parents and teachers, but it appears to be an opening salvo in an effort to bring what is taught in the district's classrooms into line with conservative views, blah, 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 blah. Later, it devolves into an attack on frontline doctors and who are spreading, who are known to spread disinformation. We have right now an entire portion of the medical community that is afraid for their careers. They are afraid to speak up because they will be terminated. Their careers will be gone and shot to hell if many of them are vocal about what they're seeing. We also have a number of them who have courageously, these frontline doctors, and Cheryl, one of them saved my life when I had COVID, frontline doctors, who courageously are treating people with great science, but they're going against the typical wisdom, the frontline doctors and nurses. What can be done to help? I know this is not part of your, but what can be done to help the voices of people that need to be heard on this crucial issue? Right now, as you're saying, now it's gone from, okay, we had the pandemic, it's over to, oh, it's not over, and it's never going to be over. They're going to be never-ending shots, never-ending vaccines, and we're going to actually push for a treaty. What can be done to fight against these people? Well, it's, it's interesting you ask that because on the medical field, I just had some personal experiences the last two to three weeks with hospitals here um, involving my, my husband's admission there and trying to push back against the insanity um, that is still very much part and parcel of the medical community with the face masks and the social distancing and the very non-scientific, ridiculous uh, deceptions that we all played along with in America for far too long. And so to answer your question, I understand that people can lose jobs. I understand that it's difficult to stand up, but that's not good enough. We are at a point right now that the media, the media that cares about America, need to be covering what's taking place with the coronavirus and the pandemic policies coming out of the global organizations 
24-7, because that is the threat that is not going away. We have to have doctors who know better, given the platform to stand up and tell their stories and tell and, and push back on the non-science and the deceptive science and so forth. We also need parents to continue to press for their parental rights in the school systems and not allow the bureaucrats that have just really assaulted and abused and exploited children for going on three years now, still three years in this country, there are school systems that are slapping face masks on kids as they go back to school. We need parents to push back on these school boards. We just need individuals, James, this is what it comes down to, to recapture the love of individual liberty in America because we've lost that. Somewhere along the road in the last couple decades, we've become enamored with our money, our wealth, our 401ks, our, our you know, everything that it's exceptional about America in terms of the material goods, but we've forgotten the spirit that drives America, the spirit of individualism, where our rights come from God and government's only there to preserve and protect those rights. And once we get that back, then everything else falls back into place. Cheryl, thank you so much. Washington Times, where can people find you? Also author of the book Lockdown, which is a very important book. Cheryl, where can people find you? at Washington Times, at Twitter, at C.K. Chumley, or at CherylChumley.com. Thank you, James. Thank you. Cheryl Chumley, and we're going to have you back as often as possible, Cheryl. Thank you so much.